Hello and welcome to a brand new holiday-themed edition of Nintendo News Report for Thursday, 420, 2017. I'm Alex Kalafi. There we go. Puff Puff, a dual spliff Donald. Uh, we're joined by Donald Terrio from Canada. Hello, Donald. Hello, yes. A place where that, that will soon be legal, probably with by April 20th of next year. But I have a lot of show and tell tonight. Wait, Donald is... Oh, ooh. Ooh. I, I'm, I'm especially yeah. interested in the game in the middle. I, I beat oh. the game on the left. Yeah, so I basically, with the tax return, I was able to pick up some things that I sort of missed over the first quarter because of packs in the Switch. So a couple, there's some of my games. Got my Vita replaced. Ooh! Nice! And, Is that a 2.0? Yeah, it's a 2. It's Nice. I don't mind the, the screen quality, but the the most important thing I got. <laughs> that is the most important thing. Oh, yeah. the, the Poochie Amiibo is, is nothing short of miraculous. Also, it was one Joel, of the most hyped things of the year for a reason. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, true. It was, it was, what, number three on Nintendo World Report's most anticipated game of 2017. But that was also before yeah. the Switch news came out. So as we were being cynical because the Nintendo lineup as of December 2016... We had reasons to be cynical. Anyways, yeah. also joined by Zachary Miller from Alaska. Hello. Hello, it's very bright here, um, just like last time. Uh, I have show and tell. Um, it's one of my amiibos. It's in celebration of the fact that uh, Peach Beach, Senran Kagura Peach Beach Splash uh, got a DLC character today, and this is who it is. It's Super Sonico. <laughs> And this is probably what she's going to look like in the game. I like that because it was so bright on your camera that you couldn't see that she was naked at first. And then when your camera corrected itself, it was like her clothes came off. And it was, it was <laughs> special. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. There you go. A little, little show and tell from the boys. On Senran coming to West. I'm excited. Senran coming West to Nintendo Switch. Okay. We didn't have much of a story or many stories to talk about as of two or three days ago. But then some stuff came out, and we actually have some semi-semi-semi-interesting things to talk about. We have the Super Nintendo Entertainment System uh, mini business. We have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe reviews coming out. We're going to talk about whether we're personally excited about that. We got these new Persona games. And then we're going to close on a little Persona 5 and Mr. Shifty talk. But first, tell me about what this what the SNES mini business is like, Donald. All right. So on Tuesday, uh, Eurogamer, who famously predicted a lot of the what the Switch would end up being, uh, posted a well-sourced rumor that we, we've heard similar rumblings of from people who know these things, that a Super Nintendo mini think NES Mini, but with probably better games, is currently in development and is probably going to be coming out around the end of the year. Mm. Basically is what it boils down to. So we don't know how many how many games are going to be involved, if third parties are still going to be on board. But it seems it really seems like the these are going to be, at least for now, an annual thing. And dear God Nintendo, please open pre-orders for this if it's it's actually going to happen. And make enough of them. 
Yeah, it sort of makes you think about what's going to happen with the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic, given what happened to the NES. It, mm-hmm. it almost makes you think, is Nintendo going to keep doing the Nintendo thing of fucking up in the exact same way over and over and over again without learning? Or are they learning and they're going to prove it to us with the SNES? Or is what they did with the NES Classic exactly what they should be doing? That's like I don't creating, want Nintendo. You're like creating something that only people with bots can buy so that they can scalp it for seven <laughs> times what it's worth? Yeah. The only reason why I'm only being slightly sour about this is because I think the SNES Classic is the realization of this idea that a lot of people would care about. I mean, you, you've you've had versions of the original Super Mario Bros. coming out for the last decade, almost decade and a half at this point, and all actually no more than a decade if you count the GBA version of Super Mario Bros. They've been hell, releasing it. Hell, they can put it. Hell, next year is the 25th anniversary of the first time they've re-released Super Mario Brothers with they Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put that on the SNES Classic. There you go. You ha- you have <laughs> Mario Brothers one, two, and three. There's ninety percent of the reason people wanted the NES Classic to begin with. Right, and outside of the fact that that's been happening for 20 years, you have people who've been emulating that game for the past 25 years at this point, which means a lot of people, an absurd number of people, were excited for the NES, but I don't think the Super NES was as overplayed as the NES has been over the last 20 years, and I think it might be more worth getting excited about to the point that I might get excited about this, and I don't usually get excited about this, and it makes me think, should I even get excited if Nintendo's just going to not make enough of them again? Right. Yeah. Well, the because the, the NES was a legitimate cultural phenomenon in the United States, especially for several years, mm. whereas the Super Nintendo was always cast in the competition with the, Genes- with right. the favorite runner-up, the Genesis. So, the I mean, there's... God, Genesis plug and play consoles until the cows come home. But I think this will be the first. This will be interesting to see if it has the same cachet as a any as the NES Classic would, just because like everybody had an NES in the '80s, but not a lot of people, not as many people had a Super Nintendo. It wasn't like the drop off from like Wii to Wii U, but it, there was a noticeable difference in the number of people that bought into the Super Nintendo versus the NES. That's largely, like you say, because of Sega. For the first time, they had actual competition. Yeah, uh, I wonder what I wonder what the form factor will be. Will there be a like um, little cartridge? You know, there's going to be a cartridge sticking up. You'd think, and maybe it'll say Super Nintendo Classic or something. If they do wonder, Super Nintendo or Super Nintendo Two, or if they just do like a do the European version because. Uh, Compared to what we got in North America, the European version of the Super Nintendo looks way better. Oh, really? I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm going to look it up right It now. looks way closer to the Super Famicom than what the than what the blocky cigarette smoke yellow piece of thing we got was anyway. <laughs> Mine is now cigarette smoke yellow. I don't think there's going to be any USB ports this time around. Not oh, yeah, I've seen this before. That looks much better. Yeah. yeah, there's no USB ports. Although we know that they have, they can probably do built-in four-player play because we know they've produced the controllers for this thing before because they used to sell it on uh, the Japanese Club Nintendo for for quite a long time. Mm. 
Right. Also, it's probably not that overly complicated, at least from Nintendo's level, to put out a Super Nintendo Entertainment System-esque controller. Although, I'm curious, is there anything preventing Nintendo technologically from just using the original inputs? Probably not. They, I mean, they could, but they probably, like I said, they have all this stock that works as classic controllers anyway, so... Maybe they'd probably just go with that because it's it's easier and they probably still have the molds for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Pick a game. Zach, pick one game. Yoshi's Island. That was mine. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Donald, what's yours? Corona Trigger. That's like the other good one. Oh, those are the two good Super Nintendo games. I'm just kidding. My runner-up is Primal Rage. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Hold. On. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I. I. Although, if they can get Mar, if they get the, the what they should do, because we know that Super Mario World is going to be on there in some form, get the combo card that they sold in like '95 yes. that has Mario All Stars and Mario World on it. Yeah, that's a good idea. This is going to be the lamest answer, but the original F Zero. I have a soft spot for the original F Zero. I mean, I could say Link to the Past. Link to the Past is the obvious like answer, but. I have a soft spot for F-Zero. And considering F-Zero was one of the first games that they put out True. on the Wii U Virtual Console. It, Maybe it they gets could a... spruce it up and add two-player. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, but F-Zero is sort of like the balloon fight of this thing, except, well, F-Zero was a really good game as opposed to just being a decent for the time <laughs> game like Balloon Fight. Yeah. F-Zero is a very challenging game. One might yes, say unfair. One might say cripplingly unfair, but when you get into a groove at F Zero, few things feel better. All right, I, I think I think we've stretched this Super Nintendo talk as far as we can because yeah. we have like, classifications to work off of. Clock. Yeah, I mean we we I mean we fantasy basically fantasy booked the thing last year. True. I think I think I did something on the Patreon for that uh, that basically laid out what I, th- what I think is realistic as to what we can expect on there, because I mean, there's certain... I honestly don't think we get Yoshi's Island just because for whatever reason, they've been reluctant to do the Super FX games mm-hmm. on any sort of virtual yeah, console. Yeah, might not get Star Fox either. Although Which those are damn shame, because Star Fox is really good. Huh? Those are, games, those are two games that define the Super Nintendo. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, when I, I when I did that thing, I basically went off the grounds of okay, this had to have come out on. A, I had to pick from games that were on virtual console at some point, because if we're going off the reservation with that, I want Lufia too, but I know we're not getting it. Mm. Okay, I think that's all we have to talk about for the Super Nintendo at the moment. But if it exists, yeah. I'm sure yeah. Once once we have proof of life, like we have an actual release date or something, then we can then we'll be able to get more into it. But for now, it's just, it seems to be happening, but wait till after E3. Right. I'll buy one. Now, here's another thing that you may or may not buy. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe coming out in just over a week. Reviews Look at that segue. Today. Yeah, it's it's uh, stumbled out of the gate, but boy, did we get there. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe 
got an 8.5 on nintendoworldreport.com it's in the metacritics i think it's hovering around a low to mid 90 and it seems like people are extremely happy with this port of this game because it includes all the dlc it includes the battle mode which was apparently a sticking point for a lot of people it includes the splatoon stuff it includes uh, so some little more, a couple more things here and there. But for the most part, it seems like Mario Kart 8, but now it's on the Switch. Now it looks a tiny bit better. Now the frame rate is fully, fully, fully stabilized, or at least greater stabilized than it was before. There are a couple downsides, it looks like. One, the single player is more meaningless than ever because all the characters are unlocked from yeah, the get-go. The cups. Yeah, the, the cups. only... Yeah, the only I think the only thing that we know of that requires you to actually beat it, like to unlock a character, is Gold Mario. You can unlock him by beating every cup on two hundred. Like getting Wait, so gold. He's, on. he's a character. Well, he he's a he, he's a new skin for Metal Mario. Oh, uh, so single player is now more meaningless. Yeah, especially since even in 200, you can just turn on the auto drive function and this auto steering and basically be fine for the most part. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually still a better beating the whole game reward than New Super Mario Bros. 2. It's <laughs> just if we were to track, which, which if you remember, getting a million coins in New Super Mario Bros. 2, spoiler alert, hold your ears for 10 seconds, results in a gold statue of Mario being displayed on the start screen. That's Damn. all you get. That's all you get. So at least you get to play, or at least look at something that's golden while you're playing, which is a step <laughs> up. I, I was just... The reason why I wanted to bring this up is that, once again, we see people collectively creaming over Mario Kart 8, <laughs> which is something I struggled with back when Mario Kart 8 first came out because it seemed like it was just Mario Kart 7 in HD. Now that Mario Kart 8 was actually good with the DLC, I started getting excited again. I actually bought the game, so I could I could sort of had gain my own opinion on it. I liked the game quite a bit with the DLC. I liked that they started to bring out guest characters. But with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I'm, I'm having a little trouble mustering the excitement for a game that I already own and already own the DLC for. The Splatoon mm -hmm. characters are great, but the fact that I, I don't have the option of unlocking them or unlocking anything in single-player mode when I'm going to be playing most of that game by myself tells me that I don't necessarily need Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at launch. Some people do, and all the power to you, but for me, I just I don't see Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and I don't know if either of you guys are on the same boat. I'm not going to buy it until they shut down the Wii U servers. Because mm, you have the Wii U game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't at this point? Right. That, that's well, fair. actually, a lot of people. <laughs> uh, who on this Compared show? To, yeah. Yeah. On this show, I think we all own 8. And I am getting a Deluxe, but I also have an environment where I can play multiplayer, both local and online, with some regularity. Yeah, you so, for this game. Yeah, so I'm gonna so I will get it and it will probably be a regular our little bi weekly get togethers with friends. And depending on how many people get it, I might be able to do some online stuff as well. Are you gonna get the little wheels? Those were surprisingly yeah. comfortable at PAX. I I'm not a motion control fan. I think the next controller I'm getting for my Switch is a pro controller. 
Oh yeah, I, I got to get one of those too. I saw one at Walmart yesterday, but it's $70, $70 and we just put in a new water heater. So I was like, I shouldn't do it. And Alex just dropped off. Oh, okay. Uh, I can tell a funny joke. <laughs> All right, hit us. Okay, uh, this fellow Murphy moves from Dublin to uh, New York for work. And he uh, settles in. First thing he does, of course, is find a local pub near his apartment. He walks in there and he says uh, to the bartender, uh, give me three pints. And the bartender says, well, you know, that's a lot of beer. Uh, do you want it one at a time or all together? And Murphy says, listen, back when I lived in Dublin, me and my brothers would work, uh, uh, meet for work every after work every night at the pub and we'd each have a pint. So I am um, continuing that tradition here. And the bartender says, oh, that's pretty cool. So he gives him three beers. And this goes on for several months. Uh, but one day, Murphy comes in and only orders two uh, pints. And the bartender's crestfallen. He says, oh, my God, did one of your brothers die? And Murphy says, oh, no, I just quit drinking. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I, I had some slight technical difficulties. I couldn't hear you guys. Turns out I just had to unplug and uh, replug my headphones. But there you go. There you go. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That leaves us with our last story of the evening. I, I'm, I'm afraid to say that this might be a shorter show, although we had one of our longest episodes last time that I that I don't Truth. feel so so bad. But we're, let's we're making see. up. We're making up for for last week. Yeah. Well, let's see how far we can stretch this um, persona conversation, because there are new Atlas website registrations for Persona games. These games, these games have not been confirmed, but this is just, these are just domains that Atlas has registered. Now these, yeah. these include Persona P5D, P5U, uh, dot JP, P5AG, dot JP, P5R, Persona Dance, Persona Q2, Persona 8, Persona 9, and Persona 10. Now, what this would mean is that it would, it would imply that there's some kind of Persona 5 dancing game, some kind of Persona 5 fighting game, like Persona 5 Ultimax. That would in, imply a Persona 5 Golden or Persona 5 something Golden. It would Persona 5 R, which could be something. Uh, romance transformed. Yeah. Persona 5 Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Persona Dance, Persona Q2, and then Persona 8, 9, and 10. Now, the <clears throat> obvious thing to look at is Persona 8, 9, and 10 because there's no it Persona 6. Have and that was for 6 and 7, right? It took 9 years, <clears throat> or almost 9 years, for Persona 5 to come out as opposed to Persona 4. So part of, part of this is just them covering their asses, especially as Persona becomes uh, even more mainstream series than it was around Persona 4. Like, the Nintendo registers domains for Pokemon every color, every <laughs> gemstone. I, I think they have every letter of the alphabet and several basic rules of thumb. So, wow. yeah, this is that some of that is just standard issue. Okay, let's make sure this, we, if we need this, we don't have to pay some web squatter. Yeah, Pokemon does the same thing. 
Pokemon does the same thing all the time, where you'll be like, it's PokemonKetzalVersion.com. Now, granted, that was one of the first ways we found out about Pokemon Sun and Moon was through the website URL. But Nintendo has done Pokemon Gray, I think Pokemon Purple maybe, other Pokemon domain names. So this isn't new. I bet at least one or two of those games in that list are real, though. I, yeah. I think as, as far as keeping this tax deductible, I think Persona, a Persona Q sequel could easily happen. Mm. Or at the very least, like a, a remake in the way that they're doing, um, they were doing Strange Journey and Radiant Astoria on 3DS. I could easily see that coming to Switch. Um, I have to think there's a handheld version of P5, which my experience, that game definitely needs to be able, needs some time in handheld mode, even if you don't play the whole thing that way. Yeah. And... I don't know if they want to go back to the dancing well again because the five soundtrack is has good songs and they can whip up a, get get a bunch of musicians in to do some remixes, but I'm not really sure how they can follow this up. Well, Persona the Persona Five the soundtrack band. is not necessarily as good as the Persona Four soundtrack, which I'm saying from the experience of someone who was just about beaten it talking to someone who has fully beaten it. The Persona 5 soundtrack is not as good. However, Persona 4 Dancing All Night found a way to make the most depressing songs on that soundtrack make sense in a dancing game, which I'm I'm thinking specifically of Snowflakes from Persona 4 Golden, which is one of the best songs in that game, and one of the saddest songs I've heard in a JRPG, and they they find a way to make that work. So I think... They could do like a lot of slow dancing with it, and you almost get to the point of you, you could do just about anything. I mean, because we're just looking at initials, so like they went out and got RP. They got this. The reason we know this is Atlas or Sega doing it is because it's the same registrar who registered RPG.jp for the for the fantasy RPG that the Persona Five team Persona Five team has are working on, mm. but. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with those. Like, for all we know, there's a Persona 5 driving game in there, or a Persona 5 <laughs> Ace Attorney ripoff. Ooh, that'd be nice. Attorney. Maybe uh, Persona you think Persona 5 Golden will um, address the rampant localization issues that I've been reading about? That shit is so overblown. And I'm not saying that as someone who loved Persona 5, because I have I have many, many criticisms that I think... Not many, many, but I have some key criticisms about Persona 5 that I think are more worth addressing than the localization. Because Persona 5 is a wonderful game with a lot of wonderful parts, but also its characters falter relatively often, and its story gets... And, and extremely obtuse when you get into the final hours, which I'm saying that in spite of the game being fantastic, fantastic. But the localization stuff that these people are making these beautifully crafted websites to talk about are, like, not that bad. Now, granted, some conversations do come out a little like, huh? So, like, I have to read the log sometimes to figure out what they're talking about, like maybe two or three times over the course of the game. But most of the localization issues in that game are the fact that they translated the text literally and didn't necessarily take a ton of Western, like... Didn't localize. It didn't... They translated, but didn't localize. 
It, they translated yeah. but didn't in, entirely localize, which is a take it or leave it kind of thing. I, I don't necessarily I, mind, but I think they do need to brush up a tiny bit. Yeah, I think if they if they do a remake of this, which again, hopefully on a some sort of platform I can play portably easily. Um, I didn't want to say it, but yes, the Switch. Um, <laughs> Switch and PS4. Prob- that, that's what Persona 5 Golden comes out on. I, I guarantee it. Switch and, and PS4. Yeah. But the I think they'll they'll probably like it from what people are saying they didn't have a, like a full like a, a full time editor like, sort of like the role that Nick Maragos played on Persona Four and Persona Four Golden. Mm. So that may have had something to do with some of the holes, some of the sm- minor holes that popped up in localization. I mean, I have beaten the game, and honestly, aside from a couple of just odd accenting things, which I attributed to. That's just how they pronounce it in Japan, which makes sense for a game that is literally set in Tokyo. I didn't have any problems with what with the story of that game as far as its local, you know translation quality. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> if you want to talk about bad translation, look at the last couple Ace Attorney games where it seems <laughs> like really? it was just one guy in his room who just translated the entirety of that game. And you'll, you'll get an actual spelling error, something that could be caught on like like uh, word processing <laughs> every two hours playing one of those games. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I had, uh, I, I think I would have been more concerned about the fact that they left Japanese text in apocalypse than I would be with some of the stuff they talk about in P5. Did they? Good Lord. Yeah, like they. Well, the let's put it this way: the last blog post that Atlas had to do before the uh, "please don't stream this or our corporate overlords will kill you" thing mm-hmm. was we we have to own up to some. We left some Japanese text in Apocalypse by mistake. Wow. Right. Otherwise, Donald, did you enjoy your time with Persona Five? Um, I have. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it enough that even though I. Yeah, even though it would not go up on the on the full Nintendo World Report because we have no way of posting it that way, I did actually end up writing a full review for it, and um, it's up there with some of my highest scores. Okay, that's fair. And that will that'll probably go up on that'll go up on the Patreon as soon as our as soon as my the editors have a chance to tear it apart. It's uh, one one thing's for sure. It's a huge game. I play games very quickly. I notably just beat Zelda Breath of the Wild in about 35 hours and then got my my share in it. Like, I took my time and got through it in 35 hours. I got through Final Fantasy uh, 15 in 30 hours. It's, I, I get through games relatively quickly. It took me 85 hours to do Persona 5. It is an <laughs> enormous game. And then, like, I'm in the middle of the ending. I'm not actually at the... I haven't, like, seen the whole of the game yet. But I, I, it's Valentine's Day. I have all three of my mistresses. Donald tells me it's gonna get weird really soon. I'm really excited. Uh, that's I'm not gonna actually spoil any of the game for you. Don't worry. But I am overall very happy with it. I think a Persona game has never played better. I think the story, when it works, is way better than the story of Persona Four. I also think the characters are not as strong as the cast in Persona 4. I thought, yeah, I thought the main story was, it had its moments of weakness, 
and I'm really dreading what the spin-offs for this game are going to do to some of these characters in the main cast because they tend to take one negative aspect and just blow it up to, so that's their defining trait. But the like the confidants were really, really fun and endearing and made me want to keep going, and I actually ended up maxing all of them. Did you use a guide to do that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, because I I, I I got maybe I guided percent of them, but yeah, I got I I guided the hell of it. And my my main complaint on this is that the time that you're in right now, I wish it was playable because there were some things that I wanted to do in that game on a first run that I just didn't get a chance to do. Right. Right. Do you think the game gets a little convoluted in its final part? I think it gets a little like it. Ex- like it explains things repeatedly, perhaps to a fault, especially after the big twist that the start of the game opens up happens. But the, I, I think the storyline, the the story as it was presented, basically made sense. Okay, well, I, I think I what, what wish... happened was they explained the same thing multiple times in slightly different ways each time. So I'm like, wait a second, how did that how did how did that happen? And then it's okay, that that character motivation I'm confused about. Why are they there? Why is he that? Like it's it's there was a lot of stuff that the game explained, but it either did it very quickly or multiple times, but in different ways, and I never actually felt like I had a complete grasp. Yeah. I think that and the la- like the last part of the game on when I did the last like the second to last big dungeon that I did took me about six hours to do. Mm. Like that is ab like that's abnormally long for a JRPG dungeon. That's an SMT dungeon. Like um. I like most of my like the even the first dungeon though, that took me most of a night to do. And like that like the late game dungeons in the Tokyo Mirage sessions didn't even do that. Now did you do the dungeons in one burst or did you do it over multiple days? Aside from the like, aside from the fact that it takes that all dungeons take three naturally three days, I did them in one shot just because I needed the like I needed the time to make sure that I had all my stats max so I could do confidant stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the confidant stuff is extremely strong, probably stronger than Persona Four, which is which is where it was awesome. I think the game looks great. I think it sounds great. I think the story makes me feel things at times, despite everything I'm saying. And I think Persona is going in a good direction, even if I think that there's some stuff that they could really clean up for the next game. I reviewed it for a newspaper in Brookline and Newton. It's two greater Boston communities. And I ended up giving it four and a half stars which is which is equivalent to a nine i suppose which is i would say a fair place to put that game yeah that that's a, yeah that seems to be where the reviews are going to settle for this game and i think that's that's fair i went a little i went a little higher than that but i'm not sure if your your scale would allow for what i gave it i i use <laughs> i use a five star scale i actually i self-impose that because it's i basically I get to decide how I do the video game stuff. So I used a starring system because I hate the 10 system. I didn't always hate the 10 system or the 20 point system or the 10 point system, whatever. But I feel like there's a politicization that has came with a 10 point scale 
where there's a charge between a seven behind a seven. There's a charged feeling behind an eight. There's a charged feeling behind a 10 and a five point scale, or which I guess it's a 10 point scale, but using, using a five star scale kind of takes some of that politicization away. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, that's all I got to say. The themes that Persona 5 tackles are very smartly done, I would say. I think yeah. they had something real to say. And and especially and especially in Japan where that where that's said and where this is largely aimed at, that's I think that's sometimes some might say that's a message that they needed to hear. One might almost say that the game is prophetic in regards to what it has to say about uh, modern politics. Hmm. I'm gonna leave it at that though. That, that's I'm not gonna. I got right up against the the barrier of spoilers, but that's all we gotta say. Great game, very long game. Recommended to newcomers to Persona. Recommended to old comers to Persona. And hopefully playable on a Nintendo platform at some point because I like I don't want like I want everyone who can play this game to do so. I mean, I went out, I bought, I was perfectly willing to play it on PS3, and apparently it runs just as well on PS3 that it does on PS4. But really? I. Apparent, at least as far as like frame rates and all that, but I got the like I asked for a PS4 for Christmas, largely so I could upgrade to this to the PS4 version, mm-hmm. and I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. All right, and then also read Donald's Persona Five review on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/nwr. We have one last order of business before we close off the show. We got a new iTunes review. iTunes, look up Nintendo News Report that's got the CNN logo. You can listen to our audio version on iTunes. What we've been doing is we've been reading the reviews you guys write to us. Except uh, some of you guys got mad that we did it at the beginning of the show, justifiably. So now we did it to the back of the show. We got one new review from Husky Assistant who says, Fun Nintendo Commentary. I began listening to this podcast when it first appeared on iTunes. Although I may not always agree with their prognostications of future titles, Breath of the Wild possibly receiving a 7 or 8 on Metacritic, I was saying. These guys readily admit when they are wrong. That is a fact. As a big Nintendo fan, their level-headed views are good to keep my own expectations in check. Nintendo News Report has been a welcome addition to my daily commute. Five stars. Thank you very much, Husky Assistant. Oh, that's nice. That's very sweet. Now, if you have something to say about our show and have an iTunes account, whether it's five stars, one star, anything in between, feel free to review us on iTunes. I will read it and respond to it on a near future episode of this show. Otherwise, that's all we got. I'm Alex Kalafi, joined by Donald Terrio and Zach Miller. That's at ZMiller1902 on Twitter. That is at DonaldMick on Twitter. D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K that is his other podcast at NFR Podcast Nintendo Free Radio and I am at C-U-L-A-F-I-A we will see you next week as always bye 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 bye